Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Idle Hands podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. I started a short-lived punk band with a friend when I was about 14 and subsequently played guitar for a lot of very unremarkable but quite enjoyable bands, playing a lot of gigs and meeting a lot of really good people along the way. I've used a lot of lessons that I've learned in music in my photography, and I'm convinced we all have a ton of lessons that we could learn from everybody, from actors to architects. And I hope we can learn some of that stuff together on this podcast. I've also got a good friend of mine, Paul Bentz, with me today. Hello, how are you doing, everybody? Um, I'm Paul Bentz. I'm a photographer originally from South Wales, now living in South London. Um, I'm a self-taught photographer. I've been doing it for about 20 years in the next two years, I think. Um, that's a really long time. It's a really long time. Um, and I've done a range of stuff during that time, um, from photographing cats for Freeview to Ministry of Sound to lots, lots of, lots of really, a really varied and kind of interesting career um but very yeah, impressive yeah. as well sometimes it feels that way <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic is really interesting it's uh, we're going to talk today about finding your own voice this is a topic that both myself and paul uh, are quite keen on i know that i personally don't feel like i have found my own voice yet um and it's probably something that all of us are trying to do yeah i i, I think it's um a really interesting topic and I think when you when you first start out, you're kind of um, so keen to find this mysterious voice, this you know, this this kind of I don't know other planet that is going to free you and allow all this creativity to come out. Um, I've thought about it a lot over the last couple of days, and I've been speaking to it with speaking about it with some friends and my wife, and I think one of the key things about finding your voice is repetition about doing the same thing over and over and over and until eventually you should begin to it should the photograph should begin to speak to you in a way that maybe i don't know whether it's naivety when you first start you kind of when you first pick up a camera you you walk out into the world and you're like what am i going to photo flowers my children my dog you know, and as anything that's visually hitting you that's interesting. And you don't really know maybe why you're doing it. And it's kind of intuitive and it's just happening. Um, and you, you go through a long period of, of I've always kind of n- not understood why I photographed or, or what my voice was. And I think it's only in the last couple of years of really drilling down and, and your voice is what your values are. So what's in, what, what are your values as a human being? You know, what yeah. are the things that, that are important to you? Um, and, and I think when you begin to have a pause, so maybe, you know, you've been doing the photograph for a couple of years, you pause, you, you sit back, you take a look at the photographs you've taken. And even then, I, I swear it's almost like you're blinded by your own work and you still, you still need to go through as like, uh, it's, it's not it's not painful and it is painful if you know what i mean it's it's a sweet pain it's i i, I feel like it's all part of learning your discipline whether that be photography or or, or whatever medium your 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 chosen art form is uh, i i guess maybe it might be worth starting from from why you think it's important that we find our own voice i know i've certainly got my own views on this i feel like it's important to have your own voice because if if you're not saying something that's yours then you're kind of just copying the 
the teachers that you have, the influences that you oh, have. Absolutely. So this this idea of rep, I, and I think I think replication and copying your the people that you know inspire you is a good thing. It's a, it's all part of this long journey of learning. You know where I think every photographer at some point has has seen a photograph or seen a photograph and they're thinking, wow, that work is amazing. Let me try and do that. And and that idea of of copying your your idols, I think is really important. And I think we shouldn't, you know, it's all part of this learning process. I think the point of where the, the copying stops and, and your voice, and we've, we've all got a voice, like it's there from the beginning. It's, it's your, your unique perspective of the world that you see, right? That's your voice, yeah, the way you take a picture. And you know, I read a quote in, in a book a while back and, you know, they say that your voice is there from the beginning, from the first photo you take to the last. And if you look back through your work carefully enough, the messages and the things that you're saying should come back to you and you should be able to see them. And I, I think, like, I think, you know, work is better when you, when you leave it wait a bit, when you've given it time. And, you know, I look back over work I shot 10 years ago now and I think, Oh God, yeah, that's amazing. And my, my, my your, our values change as well, don't they? And our, our, as over time, everything is kind of evolving and it's very malleable and changeable. And so as your values change, your, your photographs change. And I think it's important not to get too stuck up on this idea of style and voice. You know, I think sometimes it's kind of very, um, it's almost like it's a it's a pause and and it's, it's it's sometimes it's not important to even think about that i think you just want to go out and take the pictures that that matter to you and maybe in the editing process the the way that you choose the work what in 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 terms of the story that you're trying to tell will kind of dictate what that voice will be if that makes sense it's it's not so much the ideas you have more the ideas you choose to run with yeah, I I think so because you know I, I I've I've shot street photography for maybe fifteen years and in the last two years slightly gone to a more documentary approach and the problem I always had with street photography that's not a problem problem is the wrong word but the idea of how do you how how do you like put your voice onto your street photos in a way that isn't done by everybody else trying to find a unique perspective in in a really crowded market is a is a difficult thing to do and i think i had to stop and and think to myself you know what what are my photos saying about me and when i looked at it it was kind of a bit upsetting you know in a way because i i basically when i first started i shot a lot of street portraits where i'd stop and ask can i take your picture um and i'd get a yes or no and i'd take a portrait and then i went you know for 10 years candidly where i didn't ask permission at all and then in the last two years, I've gone back to a much more documentary um, approach to how I take those pictures. And I, I'll, the interesting thing is that during that process, what I've realized is that the candid street portraiture always missed something. What do you think I missed? It never showed me. In, um, and maybe, you know, that, that I'm lying to myself in, that, in a little bit, but it was very difficult to... Like if if you ask my friends what type of person I am, they say, "Oh, I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm funny." Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe they don't say funny, <laughs> but but you you know what I mean. And when I looked at those street photos, I was like, "Ah, does that show me as a person?" And and I think they they kind of they collide this idea of what your message is and who you are, and it's it's a really thin tightrope that you're walking across to try and 
navigate that process, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And what I will say is from taking a much more um, ethical approach, documentary approach to my portraiture over the last two years, something's happened that I didn't think it would happen. And that the photos to me become more meaningful, which in turn drives the narrative. Whereas putting a bunch of street photos together that were beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, they didn't go, they, I couldn't get them past that point. Like I, I, I always struggle. How do I push them past that point? So I guess what you're saying is that your, your concern was that the the voice that you felt like you were developing was kind of hollow. It wasn't really representative of of you as an artist. When I think about it, I think that at the beginning of learning any new medium, whether it's photography or music or, or whatever it is you're learning, I feel like you're kind of like a like a sponge. You you absorb literally everything that you see that you enjoy, and you kind of imitate it in a way, and you kind of it almost ends up looking a bit rote at some point you realize that if you continue on your work will look like a slightly worse version of the stuff that you really enjoy because you'll never quite be soul lighter you'll never quite like i know when i first started playing guitar you know i was listening to a lot of things like the pistols and you know you can play that stuff that that stuff is it's easy to imitate but you know I, i wasn't in the pistols i wasn't i just i just wasn't and you're you're sort of playing through the motions of somebody else's work without the soul i feel like that's why it's really important to have your own voice i i agree with you wholeheartedly so i guess that's probably why we believe that having your own voice is important it might be worth talking about how how we would think about finding your own voice and i'll I'll probably just pick up on something that you know i've already just touched on and and that's influences and i i know i've just literally said that if your influences are too strong you you look like a a less good version of your heroes but i i think they're also very important in finding your own voice if you mix up all of your different influences without leaning on any one of them overly and then mix them with your own life experience, then that in itself becomes your voice. Interesting. I, I, I think obviously your voice is all of your lived experiences over your whole life. And then, you know, I, I, I sometimes when I'm looking through my photos and I'm like, I'm taking pictures of cars or I'm taking pictures of something quite abstract, like a, you know, a red shutter with some green. And, and I'm wondering, what do these photos mean? Like, I'm looking at them, I'm trying to decipher them. You know, I'm taking them, I'm out on the street, I'm taking these pictures, and it's very intuitive. I'm, I'm reacting to what I see around me. And then I come home, and I'm looking through a bunch of photos, and I'm thinking, ah, wow, there's a car there. But but then I, when when I spent time, and I and I well, there's the light, there's something about the light in there, and it's gentle, there's something about the way... You know, those sandwiches are left on that plate for some dude. You know, it's just these things that are, they're very abstract, very quite, um, difficult things to process individually. But when you combine them, that voice of what I'm trying to say gets louder. And I think the skill maybe is in the sequence, you know, and, and how you, you're putting things together. Uh, there's a lovely quote I, I was, I'm, I'm going to read it to you. Um, that I read is by a, a lady called Katia Maria Landeros. She said, finding one's voice is a constant process of inquiry and reassessment. I've been photographing for over 15 years, which means that I've changed and grown quite a bit during that time. But what has remained constant, and I believe this is true for all photographers and artists, 
is a desire to communicate something about the lived experience. So along the way, it's been important to stop and reflect on what I value, to ask myself what I want to communicate with my work, what makes me angry, what brings me joy or comfort, what are the things I'd change if I could, the things I wish were different. The artistic voice is quite literal for me. It's an expression of who I am at that moment in time and what's on my mind. Even if I fail at my articulation of those thoughts and feelings in images, I've never felt that that process of doing so is unsatisfying. I think that's really beautiful. And that, that, that to me is like a really, you know, it is, it's about, it's about the failing. It's about trying to communicate your lived experience, all of those things. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And I suppose everybody is doing it, but it's, it's still this idea of your voice is, is, is a misnomer in some ways. I think like I, there's a book, um, called photo work by Sasha Wolf. And a lot of the photographers in this book, some of them say they don't have a style. And you know, if you, there's like quite a few of them, maybe five, six, 10, I don't know. And, and I think that they, they think this style is, is by, by confining yourself to this idea of you should be shooting a particular way or with a particular aesthetic is, is limiting. And so, in some ways, you know, looking at it from a flip side, being quite open to, to, to the changing of style and, and not being stuck, you know, on, on trying to achieve this, I, I don't know what you'd call it, aesthetic or consistency or wh- whatever it is. I think style can sometimes, and voice can, is, is a changing, evolving thing. And, and, and that, like I said earlier, those values and those things are constantly changing. And so you're, your photographs are constantly changing and what you may be trying to do um, with your voice when you're telling a story is we're freezing a period in time and telling you this is how I felt. That is a real, like, that's what I've been trying to do, trying to get a series of pictures together which articulate how I'm feeling. And I think that's not an easy thing, is it? Because, no, you know, no. if, if it was, like I say, if it was simple, everybody would be doing it. I think what you're saying there then is... Your, your voice would be a blend of your ins- inspirations and your lived experience. I guess what you're saying is you should be putting your experience, your everyday life experience above your influences. Like they should shine through more than anything else. They are the most important thing. And, and while the, the technical nuances of, of your voice might come through in kind of your influences, what you're saying, I guess, is, is, is the important thing. It, it's what you're saying. It's, it is telling your life experience, right? Yeah, nobody feels like you feel, do they? Right. So you, you like, you, we are having this conversation, but like inside you might be about a crap day. You know, you could have had an argument with your wife. She could have been giving you a hard time and you come onto this podcast and like we, we, we all express this exterior vision of ourselves that, that our friends and our family get, but inside our brains, like you're feeling a particular way and you can't hide that in your work. And, and and instead of hiding it, I think to get to the honest point, to get to that point of your work is wonderful and it means something, and it doesn't have to mean something to anybody else other than to you. And I think that's that's the thing. This idea of we want to force this meaning upon if if it means something to you, it will mean something to other people. And I think asking the honest questions of of yourself and what matters to you. And sometimes that's really, you know, what makes you happy? My children make me happy, but I don't want to go and photograph my children all day as much as I love them, you know? Yeah, that, yeah. And, this, the, and, and so I think uh, specifically for the, the, the work I've been doing recently, like I didn't, I didn't start it with the idea of kindness and hope and, and, and these things have kind of developed over time. It's like, 
And I think you only, like, you only get to that point by, by repeating it and doing it over and over and over. And then over time, you're saying it, right? Yeah. And because it's something you're feeling. And then now, so I know what I'm feeling and I know what I want to betray. And now I have to find a way to articulate that visually. And that's not easy. Like, it's so difficult. I find that difficult. You know, I'm not lying. It's a, it's a process that, that is, you keep refining and refining and refining and, and, I think that's the fun bit about photography. That's the bit I really find exciting is there isn't like A plus B equals C. You know, it's it's A plus B divided by C and you end up with F or something. I don't know. I, I guess there are no rules, right? It, it doesn't really matter what you say. It's important because you've said it. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's in, And it's important because you've said it and you've backed it up and there's intent behind it. As long as you're honest with yourself in the pictures you're displaying and you're taking and... And again, it's not, it's not easy, but I think over time, you keep refining and refining it, it gets easier to be able to process the stories that you want to tell. And, and I think asking yourself, you know, what, what, what are your values kind of should hopefully unlock some of those difficult questions. And then once you know what your values are and what's important to you, whether it's the environment or, you know, go into the old people's home and yeah, you know, whatever those things are, there's stories there, right? And and a camera is this like amazing little box that allows you to speak to anybody, go any place, do anything. And the only thing that stops us is us. At the same time, it it's it's overwhelming and it's it's um the word it's freeing. It's like it's it's a it's a freedom that I don't think you you get from many other things. Like I couldn't play guitar. I tried. It was awful. You know, I I I, 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 I still can't pull. <laughs> and, and, and I couldn't paint or draw. And so, you know, the, I, I always wanted to be creative. And maybe when I was growing up, it wasn't an opportunity. I didn't come to photography until I was 30, right? So it was much later in life. So how, how old are you now, Paul? 46. So when I look at your work, I I can see a Paul Benz image, right? So I, I if I was to, not that I particularly do this nowadays but if i was to scroll hard through instagram i know that if i saw a paul bent image i i could stop my scroll without even seeing your name i i would know it was you almost wow. immediately i i don't know I, I look at that as a 35 year old that i don't think i found my own voice yet i think i'm starting to that's a place that i try to get to and i've got lots of things that i've been doing to tr- to try and drive out my own voice and, and i guess we can touch on those in in a in a little minute and, and start to talk about maybe some of the things some of the things we did to actually find our own voices i don't know i i guess what i'm saying here is how did you end up stumbling onto what what is uh, currently your voice and i'm sure that's something that changes over time right it's it's not a static thing and i i think that again i'm not i'm not if like I'm not sure even what my voice is now, if I'm honest with you, when I'm talking to you, but I know what the voice with the project I'm currently on is. And I know it's one of kindness and I know it's one of something being very gentle and it's about hope. And, and, and so, you know, maybe voice changes via project, via, you know, context of, of what you're shooting. And I think on a project by project basis is maybe a more helpful way of thinking about it, you know, in context of, what other things I've done? I think it, like I said, I've shot a lot of different things over the last 15, 20 years. I mean, true story. So I worked in IT, um, for a London law firm and every what lunchtime. Does it, all photographers having come from IT at some point. 
<laughs> it was helpful. Um, so I came from IT, um, and I used to go out every lunchtime with my camera and I, I just go shooting and I, you know, I didn't know what street photography was. I didn't even know it existed, but I used to love going out and just taking pictures and somebody in work, I used to, because it was so dead and I used to manage these printer servers. This, so I had a screen with about 25 printer servers on and I used to sit and watch them and wait for them to fail. And they never really failed. And so I used to edit my photos, you know, on my computer, my massive three screens and my, people would come <laughs> around and, my, and they'd say, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, and so anyway, I got a bit of a reputation for, and I, Chris, Christmas and work parties, I'd take pictures at. And then people say, Oh, Paul, one of the girls was getting married and she said, Oh, would you come and take my pictures? And I was like, yeah, no worries. Completely. Like I said, I'll tell you what, we'll do it for free because, you know, um, <laughs> cause I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea what I am doing. And I, you know, please don't rely on me for these to be any good. And I had a good French mate, Roman. And we, we basically, I said, come on, Roman, we're going to go do this together. We got this wedding. So I don't know. I think they had a Nikon D50 and he had a, you know, something like a 5D Mark one or something. Anyway, we basically, we just turned up at this wedding. We took the pictures and, you know, I think looking back on it now, it, it's, it was hilarious. Um, but you, you, I think you, you're like from that moment, photography was something that allowed me to just slow the world down. You know, this idea of it, the process in the world. And, and so weddings, I did, uh, Oh, just so much different stuff. I had friends who were uh, graphic designers and creative directors. And so I got lucky and I did some really fab work. Um, I did this event called Glug, basically, which was a... What on earth creative... is Glug? You've got to tell me about Glug. Glug is a, a creative networking event for like graphic designers and illustrators and, you know, a real... And so I shot that for 10 years and it was run by one of my Welsh mates, Nick Clement. Is that still and, going? Uh, yeah, yeah, still, still, still happening. Yeah. It, it was just amazing because what, what it was just allowed me to meet loads and loads and loads of people in the creative field. And it was like I had to, I could bypass this whole idea of having an agent or being represented by an agency. I had direct access to these people and I was photographing this event once a month, you know, for 10 years. And so over those 10 years, people would come and ask you for photos. They said, would you come and, you know, shoot some corporate portraits for us? And then that turned into, Will you come and shoot a Ministry of Sound event for us? And then will you come do a campaign? And it kind of just snowballed. And it was like, wow, this is so easy. <laughs> like, why doesn't everybody do this? The and camera then, just opened a lot of doors for you, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it stopped. And it was like, oh my God, what do I do now? You know, <laughs> the work just like, and, and I think at those moments, like we were lucky because I had a business partner, a man, and we were just lucky enough, I think. And we, our timing was right. Um, but it's, 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 it's a difficult career. And I think your voice comes from doing loads of different stuff and then finding what you don't like. You know, I, I, I don't like working in a studio so much. Um, I prefer a much more natural approach, you know, me, my camera and, and just work in the scene with what I can. I, I, if you go and ask me every day, I would prefer that way to shoot in. Do you think you could, um, have your voice come through? working in the studio like i know your preference is to be in a more natural kind of maybe public setting but you know if i force you into a studio right now will they still look like paul bent's images or will they just look like studio images and they'll just um, have your name attached that's in, i i know I, I think 
I think there is something about the relationship between the photographer and the subject and how, you know, so when, when we first started, um, Roman was really quiet. He didn't have much confidence in terms of, so we'd go to a shoot and I would be the one, you know, rallying the troops, basically making the atmosphere conducive, like we're confident, we're doing this, you know, and you kind of commercial photography in, in a studio on bigger jobs, you know, like there's loads of people, maybe you have 10 or 15 people around and you've, you kind of got to look like you know what you're doing, even if you don't. And there was lots of times where we'd pinch ourselves, oh my God, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But I think having each other was a really powerful thing because you could rely on each other. Roman was incredibly technical, where I was much more, you know, we can just do this, mate. Let's just turn up with a camera. It'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it wasn't. But on the whole, (laughs) like nine times out of ten, I think confidence and how you relate to people is is, is a massive skill of what photography is like. And I think you can put somebody at ease. You can... It, I, I love that. I love. I love the pa- that power of it. And power is the wrong word, but I love. The, it sounds like I'm a narcissist. But, but, it, it, <laughs> but it, there is I, I know what you mean, man. It's it's the freedom, right? You said it earlier on. I, I think it's the freedom. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I guess anybody also listening to this and hearing Roman's name quite a lot, um, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting Roman yet, but we are in talks and we are definitely going to get him in one of these episodes at some point in the very near future. Yeah, I I find that super interesting that, you know, when we were saying a minute ago about whether or not it would still be your voice when it was outside of your comfort zone. I I, I find it a lot more um, because, you know, there's lots of like there's lots of different things going on on in play. You know, your backgrounds, the lighting and how lighting is is can drastically change your mood within a studio setting. Um, But I I, I do think I think your personality should still be able to how you relate to people. I I met someone like I was walking yesterday or the day before and uh, it was slamming down with snow and it was these two old women sat on a bench drinking a cup of tea together and i just went over and said oh do you mind if i take your portrait and you know, i went into a bit of a conversation with them and we had a lovely chat and I, I i was thinking okay i want these lovely women to be smiley and happy and they were because of how i had a conversation with them and so by the time i took the picture they were like primed ready to go they were giving me what i wanted took my two shots and happy days and we you know i think it's that is the same process whether you're in a studio, whether you're out in the field or, you know, wherever you are. And and I suppose that patter or the way you communicate with somebody is is integral, again, to you, to your voice. It's like it's part of you. And I think, you know, that's that, that came back. That's the problem I had with street photography is that, yes, it, when I look back on my work in street photography now, there are moments, right? There are moments within my work where I think, well, yeah, that's definitely me but also i i see a lot of stuff that i've you know copied there's a lot of replication there and 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 maybe maybe sometimes i think i'm i'm quite hard on on myself and and maybe i'm quite hard on street photography and i i kind of come out the other side i think actually you've just been a bit of a dick paul let's be honest you know like your your voice is in those photos yeah but I, it's, I, I i could talk out both sides of my mouth with this i, I think your voice is in those photos and i think you could look at it one of two ways. You could say, my voice isn't in those photos. All I've done is stood back a little bit and unawares, I've caught a moment with a stranger that didn't know I was taking their photo and I've caught them deep in contemplation. 
But I think the way you do that can say something about your voice. I don't know that it necessarily needs to reflect your relationship with the subject. I think you chose to frame it like that. You chose to take the photograph at that exact moment and you call that quiet moment of contemplation. I I think that does say something about your voice. It says something about you being more gentle. I, I know as well as most that your relationship with the subject does come through in the photos, but I, I, I think that you can show something without having that in there. You don't necessarily need to put yourself in the frame. No, no. And I, I, I no, you're, you're right. And, but, but maybe does the, does the picture become more powerful when you do though, is the question. And does it become more meaningful? Does it have more resonance? What well, I mean, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know the answer to these questions. I'm just asking as, as a wild. Does it become less powerful if you don't? Well, I don't know. I mean, if, if let's take a hypothetical Joe Bloggs, a great street photographer, and I'm looking through his work and, um, I'm seeing hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And when I'm looking through these pictures, they're beautiful. They're aesthetically pleasing. Um, wonderful light in certain pictures the colors wow but i'm looking through them and i'm like um i don't know you i don't know you from looking at these pictures and i think that's my that's always my problem that i didn't know myself through my photos and but you know now like you say when you go back to i think you're right there is your you you obviously are going out onto the street and you know what you're basically in this flow of 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 people and traffic and noise and you're inspired to take certain pictures a certain way because of all of your life experience, right? And so, yes, I suppose it is. But I, but I think it's bec- maybe for me because the the not the scene is I don't like the word scene, but let's say scene because the scene is so polluted and so because I've seen so many street photos over the last 10 years and because it exploded, right? This, this ma- everybody became a street photographer. Everybody was out there on the streets taking pictures. And, you know, that, that constant scroll on Instagram, you're like, scroll, scroll, you know, bad thumb. And you're just absorbing all of these influences all the time. And I think in some ways that makes you devalue your own, well, maybe it made me devalue my own work. Cause I said, well, if I, if, you know, I'm doing this and, there's 30 other guys out there doing really doing similar. Same, similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think, it, I and it becomes disheartening. And I think, and that was a point, like, so, so to get to, to get to what I wanted to photograph and how I wanted to speak, I had to ask myself those value questions, like what values to me, what, what's important, um, and what do I want to say? Uh, uh, and once, once you know those questions, I think everything else becomes a bit easier. When you're out photographing, you, you might still photo lots of other things, but there'll be a time and you'll think, Oh my God, that reminds me of kindness. It'll just click. It'll be, I'll see light on a tree or I'll see, uh, wind blowing some fabric, you know, and it's, it's, it becomes easy to notice it more. And I think that's the thing is, is once you answer those questions for yourself, what you photograph becomes a lot more the instinctive. It's like drilled into your instincts. It's in your subconscious. And you're not thinking about it, but you are thinking about it. And then that translates into the pictures you take, hopefully. Do you, do you, do you work like that? Are you editing yourself as you're working? So I know that when I get home sometimes, I'll look back through my camera roll. Again, I, apologies, we keep talking about photography. And I think it's because both of us primarily are photographers and, and we will get some guests on that definitely aren't photographers. And this will be a lot less photocentric. But I know that sometimes I get back home and I look through my camera roll and I, 
and I just look at stuff and I think, I, I've taken a photo here and it's 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 not one of my photos. Maybe, maybe some I've I've literally looked at things before and thought that would be an amazing photo if it were taken by Paul Bentz, you know, right? And and I've, I just look at it and think I can't I can't post this because I, I can't I can't share this in public because it's not it's not my voice. And I guess through having this conversation in the last sort of half hour or so, I've. I guess what I'm hearing is actually your voice isn't so much what you say it's it's what you don't say it's it's the things that you take out of your vocabulary you're you're refining a palette right okay. and, and and you're you're working in that palette as as closely as you can not to a hard and fast rule I'm not saying that I couldn't come out and shoot nature photography but I'd need to shoot nature photography in my own voice yeah yeah shoot you know I, there's an amazing book by Trent Park, and it's a fame, you know, Minute to Midnight. And I, like, when I look through that book, he evokes a feeling in me. Like, and there's there's very few books, you know, that I've looked at that can evoke that feeling of, you know. I, I don't know Trent Park. What what kind of work does he make? Oh, um, beautiful. He's an Australian photographer, and so Minute to Midnight was, I think end of 99 2000 the turn of the century and it was basically um it was all black and white quite grainy work and it's just really powerful and it's the first book that i, I i've seen when i look at it the voice that he's trying to portray in those images is one of the end of times basically sort of almost uh what's the name of that film where everybody last where everybody's dead I can't think what it's called. Like 30 days, was it? Yeah, yes. 30, yeah. 28 days 28, later? 28 days, 28 days later. later. It's kind of that feel <laughs> about it, you know? <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's amazing. But then, like, if you hear Trent speak about the work and, and, and his recent work and, and how he, you know, he uses different cameras for, to evoke different feelings and, and this idea that, you know, how a film, you know, I'm not going to do this one on you, but I'm going to do it anyway. But how, you know, we've argued about this before, Dan, but, uh, but, but how like a different film and a different type of film can evoke a different feeling, right? And I'm, I'm not arguing of film versus digital here. I'm just saying that like his, that is he shot on an a, episode for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, but how certain, like, so on his most recent book is called, or oh, what is it called? His most recent one. I've just, uh, I've just had a look at some pictures. I've just quickly Googled, uh, Trent Park, Minute to Midnight. And I, I see the images that you're talking about. It's a bit eclectic, right? There's some yeah. street stuff in there. There's a few landscape type things. Um, it's lots and lots of very hard light, very, very contrasty, really cool. Um, I think I'm going to have to try and hunt down a copy of that book. Yeah, it's, and do you know what? There's some amazing, really clever... So there's, there's one particular sequence I love, and it's basically... Uh, it's a guy on top of a car with his arms outstretched, and he's on top of the roof. And then the next photo is, I think it's a bat and basically a bat with outstretched wings. And it's just, it's just the simplicity of the sequence, but it's like, uh, it's just wonderful. I love that book. I love it. Um, I really do. It's just a marvelous piece of work. And, and like, you know, I, I, I sometimes I look at that and I think I'll never be able to produce a piece of work like that. I'm like, my God, it's so good. But I why, think, why not? Do you think Trent ever looked at work and thought, I'm, I'm never ever going to be able to produce work like that? What what's special about Trent that you wouldn't be able to imitate that? Not Im, not not imitate it. That's probably the wrong word. Oh, I, I think it's the I think it's the old idea of you know that 
that is is this time this time of how long you know you, some photographers become a photographer and they'll do a lot of work and then three or four years later they put a book out and great you know it, it, that works i think everybody has a different sort of uh clock on how quick you process things and how your this this meaning how you how you put some meaning into your work and i like i i like when i look through that book he's he's just succinctly expressing this idea of end of days darkness um but then there's 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 moments of you know lightness in it like you know he traveled across australia for a long time doing that i think it was like i don't know how many years but it was a, a, a big period of time and the last i think the last photo is of his baby being born like of like and the end is the there's a photo of the sydney opera house with the fireworks going off on the, the turn of the century um it's like a crescendo at the end of the album right yeah and it's just a really it's just and maybe it's the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. And I think it was the thing that made me think, wow, this is what photography can be, you know? And then, then you open it up these, these doors and you're like, there's so many. My, my photo book collection, it makes my wife go slightly wild. Um, <laughs> but I've got an obsession with them. Read it, see it, like this idea of influence, but, but seeing how a photographer publishes a book from start to finish is another amazing way of, finding how other photographers put their stamp on their work you know i when, think when did you pick up that book oh i'll tell you what let me instead of sort of making you sit and think about exactly what year it was let's 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 try something out right because now having heard you talk about that book very passionately so paul shared some work with me uh a week or two ago from from many many years ago where he was um, shooting for or with or at Ministry of Sound, uh, which is a nightclub here in the UK. I can see now that they've been pointed out to me and now I know that that was an inspiration, I, I can see definite hints of of that work in in the work that you showed me the other day. I'm wondering whether or not there was a small crossover between... Yeah, there between... must have been. I, 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 absolutely there was, because I remember we... We had an office in Elephant and Castle, and I remember bringing the book in to show Roman. And uh, I love photography, like, passionately. And Roman was, like, he's French. He's like, hey, Paul, it's all right. It's not very good, is it? And I was like, what's wrong with you, man? This is the best thing I've seen. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's all right. You want to see this French photographer? I will show you some proper photography. And, and you know, we, we had this battle where... But, I, but I over... am not even going to try and do the French accent. <laughs> You'll kill me for that. No, you won't. You won't. <laughs> and it's been recorded for all prosperity. Do you want me to cut that out afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, please. <laughs> no, no, it's staying in Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can see it, right? When you mentioned Trent Park, and I, I sort of, I had a look, and I, I went back and looked at that book, I could immediately see it. The, the telltale sign is the exact thing that I end up doing. Let me describe one of these photos, and this is this is really boring to listen to, I apologise, but this is like two men describing a photo. So there's <laughs> there's some photos in this book. They're photos that have been taken underneath um, water, and they're obviously of a lot of people surfing, and they're pointed up at the wave. You can see the wave crashing, but from above, and you can see some people underwater. And the light is beautiful, and the composition is really nicely balanced, and there's a real mood to the photograph. And it was that photograph that immediately made me realize that this work that Paul had shown me from the Ministry of Sound all those years ago, I, that's where I can see it. 
I can see the the heavy contrast, even the way they the, the, the photos were edited. It's reminiscent. The thing is, is that you'll never be Tram Park, right? And your 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 photos with your lived experience, but with that influence, nobody else would ever have seen that. It's literally only that the last work of yours that I looked at was that. And then you've just mentioned this guy. And if it hadn't been for those two things, there is no way on earth that I'd have put those two things together. I, and I, I wonder whether or not your influences combined with your life experience, where you are, who you are, what you're doing, that becomes your voice. Sure, sure, absolutely. And I, and I think uh, trusting in it and being open to it changing and you know there's like there's so much noise on the internet and you know i think it's important to switch off from the noise and trust in what's inside like i know that might sound like cheesy but i think it's important to like sometimes we don't ever switch off and we're like constantly connected especially in the age of zoom um and i think i i i i use photography kind of to meditate in a way to try and process the world uh, to make sense of it, a weird, crazy place that we call Earth, you know, it's just, that's oh, yeah, it. And, I, and... I, I totally agree. I mean, as a man with a fairly good meditation practice, I also find photography very meditative. I find it's most meditative if I'm sort of taking candid photographs of people and I'm not necessarily interacting with them and I'm just present in the moment and, and kind of observing what everybody else is doing. I find that that's like the the peak presence moment Master's I, I don't know it is a little bit do, do you meditate have you ever, have I, you ever I, a, a little a little bit a little bit I, I, sometimes I get, if I, it feels a bit trippy for me like i'm losing control like you, you know sometimes when you got really drunk and you, the room starts spinning like sometimes i've had a i've been meditating and it's gone a bit like that and i was like oh that's freaking me out a bit poor um <laughs> but photography is is just being in in a space and reacting to it and you know I like, I like, I don't have headphones. I like, I like to be kind of aware of the noises and the sounds. And Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. I, I, I can't like have music. I've tried, I've tried having music and I tried classical music and, but I've always found that, and you know, actually sometimes it does, like I, I've done a couple of sessions where I, I call them hyper focus where you go in like, okay, well, I want to achieve something and I'll go out with a specific thing in mind and, and try it. And, but you, you need, you never get what you go out for. I think. And so that whole idea, especially in a, in a free flowing kind of candid documentary style approach is the, the work is made intuitively and then it, it's sort of sculpted into something in the edit, in the post process and, and your message and your voice needs to be sequenced in a way that allows the external viewer, the public, Joe and his dog, to translate that into something that means something. And from the paper that you use to, like everything, everything at some point is, 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 is your voice. Like it's not just the photos you take. The photos are probably the easy part. It's actually, it's the decisions you make along the way, right? Everything adds into this idea of your voice, you know, from like when you're making a book. So from the paper you choose to the, the font you use, you know, I've been speaking to my friend, John, he's a graphic designer this week. And I was asking him about, you know, how do I translate a kind design for my book? And he says, you know, you want to go for more rounded, gentler fonts. He says, you don't want it to be too childish, you know, like comic sans, but you do want a more rounded font, you know, and there's things that I wouldn't have thought of, which again, it's all of these, these bits 
combine together to create the overall message. And, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about the Ministry of Sound, when I went, I was, there's an agency called Studio Output, um, and they, I, I've known these guys now maybe 15 years. I've done loads of different stuff for them. When they initially came to me with a brief, they said, Paul, we want you to do this. Basically, people going out, getting ready to go out to the nightclub, basically, at home, in their living rooms, you know, kind of stage shots where they'd be getting ready for the club and then... So they wanted you to go out to the punters' houses? Yes, yeah, so the punters' houses and get them getting ready, doing their makeup, you know, and I and I, I said to them, I think that's a really bad idea. I said, that, you know, basically you want me to go to the nightclub at midnight till four in the morning on a Saturday night for the next couple of months and I'll shoot it all black and white, all grainy. Um, because if you look at any nightclub photography, it's all flash in your face, and so I wanted to do the complete opposite to what everybody else was doing. That was that was the main driver for that. And you're right, I was around the minute to midnight time. I think at the time I didn't know, right? Even though I had taken in those influences and then I produced that work, only now looking back and us talking about it, does that make sense? Like at the time when you're in the process of doing it, I, I think sometimes you like you don't see it in a way. It wasn't necessarily a crutch, right? You weren't looking at it and going, oh, shit, I don't know how to use flash. You, you, <laughs> you, it, it was a conscious decision to use yeah. natural light and to, totally to, no to, flash. to photograph in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think I wanted to get that message of, of, of the rawness of it. And I'll show you I'll show you the, the photos of the use of the end campaign. Um, and you can you can have a look. But We'll put those on the website. So if you follow the show notes, we'll link it to a post on, on the page. And maybe we'll put a, a couple of these shots from Paul. And we might need to reach out to Trent and see if maybe we can put one or two of the images from minute to midnight as well. I, I think that'd be really interesting for, for people to see. Because the natural light and the black and white and the heavy grain, like I saw it the moment I, I kind of searched Trent Park. I'm just sending you a link to see the, uh, the, the final ones they used. It's really interesting how how direct an influence can be and, and still the work can come out with a completely different voice just because of where you are at that particular moment in time and your experience at that moment and, and, and the subject, right? The, the subject being completely different means that the output is... Subject, project, you know, you place the, the... And remember, right, that so subject, project, like style voice attached to each thing differently and especially in the commercial aspect you know when like i've done lots of commercial jobs and like one of the the skills i think that roman and i had is that we were able to take in these influences to kind of transform them and produce something out the other side and like i i think that's that there is skill in that there is there is some some you know obviously when i do lots of commercial boards jobs the first thing people are asking for is a mood board can you send me a mood board of of your work can you send me a mood board of what you're you're going to try and produce and and so the, you're already your influences on especially those jobs are coming in from a, a wide variety of places you know the job i'm doing um a new job i've got coming up you know, we've been doing a mood board for them. I can't really talk about it too much, but we, we got to the point of where we're going to go do something. Like Tyler Mitchell, I've been looking at a lot recently, and Chris Munzia. And basically, they, they're using flowers a lot within his work. So he obscures faces with flowers. Um, and we're going to kind of use that elements of that in, in, in the next job I'm doing. And I think those influences from other photographers is a good thing. And it, I don't know if it's stealing somebody's idea, but you're, you're taking something and you're transforming it. And, and through you, something comes out the other side 
and through a bunch of other creative people and you make this thing. I, I do think that's the important message maybe that like your style can be fitted to a project and not to be caught up about being this definite thing that's set in stone. Right, right. That's going to last forever. You know, it's, it's so changeable and it can be changeable from rules are made to be broken. You know, right? and, and, and you're right. You say, when you say you, I look at your, you know, I can see that it's a Paul Benz image before, you know, it's a Paul Benz image. And I think when I look at my images, I, I struggle to see that. And, and I, like, you're blinded. And, and, and it's only, and, and, and it's taken a long time to be able to not process, but maybe to, to see like that our work, our voice, comes out on a project by project basis but consistently if you look back through the work even when i'm looking at this ministry of sound work now there's kindness in it like there's the first thing i see in and it's blowing my mind a bit to be honest because i didn't think i'd see it there you know what i mean it's like ah, it's there it's, there. it's actually there i, I think you need to go back through your archive paul i immediately followed you because you were making work similar but orders of magnitude better than the work i was making already if i'm being brutally honest i, th- I think i ripped you off a little bit I think I ripped you off a little bit in, in, in quite a, a few of my images. It's funny looking back at that now, particularly when you're starting out doing something like I did street photography when I was at school. So I, I took photography at school. Digital cameras weren't really a thing. This was like 2001, maybe. And we were sent out with very old film cameras. We were told to sort of go out on the street and we'd seen the decisive moment. I think we all made some really horrifically terrible blurry photos of stuff because we were shooting hp5 a 400 speed with with like slow shutter speeds and i I don't think any of us managed to nail focus i don't know if anyone's used an olympus like om10 or something but that (laughs) that there's a talent right you you need to practice it's not the kind of thing you can just pick up and and like make compelling work with you need to put your time in none of us had i think that was my first exposure to it and i sort of knew what it was and then i took many 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 years away from photography and i was really into music and i did um sound production i did a lot of punk bands by the time i got background to photography because a lot of my friends had like fucked off to other countries when i started taking photos again every time we went on a holiday so we would go to barcelona and i was taking shots in barcelona of random people just walking around and i'm sort of just unintentionally just me thinking that that was normal holiday snaps i'm I'm making street photography work i looked back on it and i think if anybody's seriously thinking about it you can go back to my instagram and scroll back down to the very bottom and you'll see a bunch of photos from barcelona that i took none of them are any good but they are all taken at a time where i wasn't even really thinking that i wasn't thinking of street photography then i those were just my holiday snaps after a while once a lot of my creative friends have moved away and i sort of had to find something as an output for myself i started deliberately doing that and i went to london a lot i was deliberately making time for those photos and going out and making those and then i started looking at other people's work which is something i hadn't done since i was at school i hadn't had any outside influences until until i started doing it again i think i'd made like two or three trips to london not even knowing what i was doing just i just went to london with my camera because i just bought this shiny new camera i had a canon 5d i think it was like a mark four which i quite promptly sold because i realized it wasn't the camera for me but i, I was walking around london make with a video of that yeah they, they did make a video i was taking candid photos of people with this like professional grade dslr because i I'd, I'd bought it with the intention of starting uh wedding photography uh which i'm still doing but um i, I with a very different camera now with a D3S, mate, I had a massive Nikon DSLR. And the D3S, I, that's, that's like the giant one with the grip, right? <laughs> yeah, and I used to, I, I used to, like, I, I didn't care, I didn't really care, to be honest. I had this massive camera. I used to, I was such a dick at times with that camera. Like, even now I think to myself, God, like, but then, 
But then it was always, I, I actually, maybe I wasn't. I, I, like, again, I think... I bet you wasn't. I, I, I guarantee you wasn't. I mean, I've never actually seen you take photos. I've Obviously, I've seen your work and I know you quite well. And I, I can't imagine that you're doing this kind of Bruce Gilden-esque kind of jumping in front of people and taking I just can't see that. <laughs> no, I can't. no I, I've never done that, in fairness. I, I think it's, um, you know, we like like when you first start in street photography and Bruce Gillen is like one of those kind of keystones. He's one of those people that you come across early early doors and because his portraits are quite powerful and you're in your face. And then, you know... Yeah, it's amazing work. Yeah, and you dig a bit deeper into him and you find like these videos on YouTube. My favourite quote, he goes, it's not a, it's not a, cam- it's not a gun, it's a cameraman. It's not a gun, it's a camera. And he's like, fuck off. And he's like giving these people like loads of abuse. And I, I just think, God, can you get away with this shit? And I think it's like the problem with that. And as, as great as some of his work is, is it, it, it says to you as a photographer, you know, this is the way that you should take pictures. And it did to me. And I thought that was what street photography was. But obviously it's not. That was just like, it was a tiny speck on the street photography map. And once you begin to dig deeper, you realize like, it's oh, not the only way, right? No, exactly. And, and, and finding your way, I think finding your way of shooting. I think I'm, you know, I'm really quite excited about going back and shooting a bit of street when everything opens up again, because. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like I, I, I now know, I think what I want to say. And because I know what I want to say now, I think that process should become a little bit less. Um, do you know, I think it'll be more difficult. Just looking back at it, every time I ever went out to the streets to, to to make any kind of art, I know for a fact that the first five or ten minutes was horrendous, nerve-wracking. What are people going to think? What am I even doing? I'm taking photos of people without permission. This is... <laughs> This is like a horrific thing to do to people. How would I feel if this was me? All those thoughts go through your mind after like five or 10 minutes, it starts to subside and you realize that you're not this monster that you've painted yourself out to be. And actually you can do it in a kind of kind way. But all that to be said, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to getting back out and doing that. Terrified of it, but, but very excited I always about use, it. I always set myself like, so I think it takes like five or 10 minutes. I set myself a little bit of a challenge, you know, let's, let's, Let's get close to somebody to release the fear. And once, like, you've done something and nobody gives a toss and you're, like, completely, especially in London, you know, you're, like, one of a million people and that nobody is interested in what you're doing at all. Oh, no, Only no, no, you. no, no, one cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like, and I, I think that's a big part. You know, we, we, again, we kind of condition ourselves that people will be, upset or hurt or but it's not they're only going to be upset or hurt it's if you're, not an act of violence it's a photo yeah and i think they're only upset if you're kind of maybe displaying them in a way that isn't kind of, i mean we, we 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 could i mean again i think this is a topic for another conversation but the idea of ethics and how our personal ethics our personal voice it's the same thing tied all in i think um i think you're right I think your personality, your voice, your influences, I think this all kind of combines up together to make your voice. We have just spoken for a pretty long time about voice. and I, I'm hoping by now we've convinced you it's really important to, to at least think about developing your own voice. Now I'm thinking I've got a couple of points that I could probably go through that things I'm working on to try and develop my own voice. And I'm sure Paul's got some sage wisdom here as well. So it, it might just be worth some just at the end of this topic just some kind of actionable steps that, that people might consider taking to to try and develop their own voice if that's something they're interested in doing I, i'm guessing this is particularly aimed at people that have 
already got like a technical efficiency in their medium. They're now getting to the point where they need to move to their next step and actually say something for themselves. Oh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I've got a couple of points of my own. Do you want me to do you want me to start and then hand back over to you? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Just touching on something we'd said earlier, I, th- I think the first point I would make, and it's worth refining your palette and setting yourself some limits. And if you're a photographer, that might be one camera, one lens, or maybe one location, but really niching down. And this might not be something you want to do for your entire career, but maybe for a fairly long form project, just to really find your feet and, and find out what it is that you want to say. I, I, I think that can definitely help force create some consistency that might help you fast track to finding your own voice. I, I like, I I personally don't think there is a fast way to find in your voice other than, you know, I I suppose this idea of repetition is, is, is one that I keep coming back to because I think it's by doing it over and over and over again. Like sometimes like I go out and I'm, I'm photographing the the exact same thing that I photographed the day before, which is really weird. But then, then I look at the photos over a course of a year and I've shot this, this same, I'll tell you, it's like a, it's like a Greek God and it was covered in plastic and and now the plastic has come off and it's covered in snow because it snowed. And this idea of this this same sculpture changing over the course of a year, um, is it's just it just shows the passing of time. And I like that, right? Showing this, showing the passing of time as this thing changes. The plastic comes off and it reveals this. And the stare of this Greek god that keeps looking at you and it like like sometimes I've been there in this bright sunshine, and other days it's been completely slamming it down with rain but yeah i i I agree i think working longer form can can definitely help shape your voice a little i think the most important thing is asking yourself those value questions you should sit down with a piece of paper and ask yourself what's important like if you were going to sit down tonight forget forget your art just what is important to you yeah well and i think from from that you then like it allows you to, to to distill down and create work that hits those values and I, I i don't know and it's not like it's not simple but i think over time that idea like i think you're like you know you you go out and take you know you go out on a walk and you take lots of different photos of different things but there's two things i think there's this the education so you're reading as much as you can taking in as much information speaking to other photographers reading 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 like i look in as many photo books as you can um working out how other photographers have found their voice or don't even think they have a voice or is, you know, is, is, is kind of, is part of this whole idea of learning. And once, once you kind of absorbed all of this information and you're at a point where you're, you're out in the street with your camera, you should be able, I hope, to take pictures that mean something to you. And if they mean, I, I, I believe this, if they do mean something to you and if they, they, they should, hopefully mean something to other people I, hope. I, I think i'd probably build on that and say as as well as looking at other people that work in the same medium as you i'd say be eclectic and take inspiration from other art forms there's no reason to say that if you're a musician that you can't take inspiration from movies 
or, or, or an or architect artist. Or, or a graffiti yeah. artist. They're, they're really, and I guess this is part of the reason that I created Idle Hand Society, is that I honestly feel like there's less space between all these art forms than, than maybe we think there is. They're onto something there. I think maybe looking at other people's work is important, but also widen out. Look at stuff that you wouldn't necessarily even look at, even if it's in the same medium. Like if you're a photographer and you're, you're a street photographer, maybe look at some landscape stuff look at some aerial footage, look at some fashion photography. There's, there's so many different inspirations that you could draw on. I had um, a chat with a lady called Gemma. She does a Messy Truth podcast. And um, I was showing her the, the recent work I've been doing. And one of the feedback points she gave to me was looking to landscape theory and, and, and the different ways that a landscape can show meaning. Um, and I didn't know this, I you know, but I, I thought a landscape photo, and this is my, again, this is like I've been in photo in in photography nearly nearly 20 years and how how do you derive meaning from a landscape god like it's a whole again it's like like this is what i love about photography is that once you dip your toe and you begin to drill down you're not the first person to have these thoughts right so there's thousands of other people have gone before us there's there's Uh, no uh, such thing as an original thought anymore right all the thoughts have been had they've all been claimed by somebody else only your ones daniel only your ones Uh, don't don't that is <laughs> you gotta shoot much. a lot you gotta you gotta shoot nearly every day i would say i think that's important shoot every day try and make even if it's like i even if i go out and shoot for 15 minutes right so i take my daughter to school and on the way back i'll go a different way just because like, i always try and go a different route home if i'm out walking because i kind of like it's just changing what i see it doesn't become regular um so shoot a lot, speak to other photographers, show your work, don't be frightened. I, I think that's the one thing I wish I'd done earlier is be, you know, Instagram is great and all, and, and this gives us these uh, great connections and ability to meet lots of other photographers. But I think actually physically trying to create a group of, of friends or photographers that you value their work, reach out to most photographers. I think if you reach out to them, would be willing to look through your work and give you some points and, and reach out to other people in the industry, reach out to us, reach out to anybody, you know, definitely. But, but not, not like take their, like my wife always says this, take their opinion, but don't be guided by it. Like you you could, some of sometimes like it's, it's, it's worth not taking anybody's opinion and just trusting your, your gut instinct, this thing, this gut, like, I don't know what this gut instinct is, but it, it's something inside you. You'll know that, when you feel it. Yeah. And, 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 once, once you get to that point and you're like, wow, I think you made a good point about taking influences from lots of different places. And it's kind of, it's about feeding your soul, right? It's about feeding the inside of you with all of this. There's so much good out there in the world and there's so much, and there's so much crap. And if you feed your soul with, I don't know, horror movies and terrible things, maybe that's the work you're going to produce. And if you, I, I, I think, it's important to get influences from lots of different places, like you say, from photography, from painters. Some of the, some of it will just go completely over your head, but there'll be bits that'll stick, you know, and, and you'll, you'll, that'll come out in your work. And hopefully over time, this voice and, and the, 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 the work and the messages you're trying to give to people will become clearer. But, you know, ambiguity, ambiguity, ambiguity. <laughs> I wonder, just building on what we were saying earlier about maybe working on something for a little longer is is maybe not feeling compelled to share that before it's time. It's it's really easy in 
in this kind of instant gratification world we live in where we have things like instagram or whatever where you can share your works in progress which is a beautiful thing i worry that it, it's probably making that kind of very vicious fee- feedback loop more more and, and sometimes that doesn't exist right and some, sometimes it's not giving you what you want right you're putting a photo out into the world something that you care about and it's like it's your little baby and then like you get like six likes or nobody <laughs> nobody likes it. and you're like well is that shit is that shit no it's not it's not it actually is if it's what you're trying to say and it comes across in the work you're trying to make then no and it doesn't matter how many likes or you get is it completely irrelevant but it still makes you feel that way sometimes i think and everybody must feel it it's it's a a kind of a natural oh my god is this quick delete it i have sometimes i have like i post something then like 24 hours later i go it's because it's missing the context yeah, right yeah absolutely and, and try and make a tr- i think having a trusted circle of friends that aren't just going to give you um you know ad finitum, this is a lovely great picture wonderful light mate comments because as as wonderful as they are for the your ego they're not really giving you anything they're not telling you anything it it it's it's uh i don't think it helps in any way shape or form small group of trusted souls repetition and i'm shooting a lot going out and making lots of work values what your values and what values and what matters to you and i think once you get all of those bits together and you you go out onto the out onto the street or out into the studio or wherever you work. Eventually, it'll shine. It'll come through. I think. I think that's the bottom line. Is that it's about being honest with yourself. It's about being honest with the work you're producing. And sometimes this, I, I don't know if it's arrogance or confidence, and maybe it's a combination of the two. But there is a bit like a backing yourself as well. I think you you need to back yourself in what you're trying to do. But that doesn't. I, I think some pe- time times people conflate that and, and get it a bit confused and it becomes this idea of ego and uh, anyway another thing we'll do that another day but but yes concentrate on your values concentrate on shooting a lot and and i hope that like over time those messages will naturally come out in the work that you do and and and, and like i say some people can do that much quicker than i can and some t- some people take longer there and i think like this idea of comparison is kind of a a bad indicator for photographers like comparing yourself to x y or z isn't helpful so um don't do it i think that's that's a really nice way to to round off that topic yeah no that was really interesting that was really interesting I, i i really look forward to listening back to that topic um so just before we leave you i think what we're going to do is we're going to do a couple of shout outs um, and we really want to use this as a space that we can maybe shout out maybe some well-known stuff that we're into or some not so well-known stuff they're into. I'll, I'll jump in with mine first. So my shout out this week is going to be the new Shame album, uh, Drunk Tank Pink. Shame are a band from South London. This album that's just come out in the last month or so is very quickly starting to to turn into one of my favorite albums of all time. And I don't say that lightly because there's there's not many big albums. Big cool, Dan. Big cool. <laughs> I I know, I know, I know. But honestly, it's it is that good. Then this is their second album as well, which is even more impressive. Normally, it's the difficult second album. It, it's a lot more mature and dynamic than their really fantastic first album, Songs of Praise. When they did Songs of Praise, they were just an extremely talented bunch of like 18 year old school kids and it had that kind of youthful energy to it but this is 
this is a much more grown up, a much more grown up endeavor. And you can really hear them grappling with themes like the pain of growth and looming adulthood and the uncertainty of progression. It's, it's just a really amazing is album. Punk, is it punk? Is it punk? Is it like quite, is it heavy guitar? uncomfortable noise type of music that i'm not gonna no like. no it, it's <laughs> it's actually i'd say it was really hard to pigeonhole into a genre uh okay labels like indie rock probably wouldn't do it justice it's if, if you're into bands like uh the clash like idols like public image limited or fontaine's okay. dc or the pixies I, I think you'd be i think you'd be into that interesting they're destined for huge huge things how about you, Paul? What's, what's your what's your shout out for this week? So, so basically, I think what I'm going to give a quick shout out to is a a, a photographer called Nico Fro on Instagram. N i c o Fro F R O E. Uh, Nico, I've known Nico for a good couple of years, though we've never actually met. Though we were going to do it a couple of times and never actually got round to it. Uh, he shoots medium. The story form. of the pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Medium format film documentary portraiture um and and i just think this year like i've really begun to enjoy his work there's something about the light and the persistence he's he's got um he's got a big sort of sort of bent i think he's east london based i think um and yeah his work is just it's i, I when i look at it i just see i just see Somebody who's like found found their voice maybe this year. That is, there's a consistency to his work that I I really enjoy. Um, he, he cares. He's 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 a big kind of Black Lives Matter guy, and um, he, he shoots shoots a lot of Black Lives Matter people in in East London. And I think there's there's a a real wonderful use of color in his work. I think this is is something. Well, I feel happy when I look at his pictures. Um, yeah, weirdly, I I I'd, I'd already stumbled across Nico's work. So so Paul started a street community, a street photography community a little while back on um, on Facebook that I'm part of, and Nico's in there too. And I know that I'd already stumbled across Nico's work from before. And funnily enough, when he turned up in that group, I was like, "Hi, it's this guy." Like, I really like his work. So so yeah, I think that's a solid pick. And and, nice. and anyone that hasn't seen it yet should definitely go and check out Nico's work, and we'll we'll link that in the show notes too. Woohoo! Damn, have we done it? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I think I think we have. I think that's the end of our episode. Um, we'll be signing off for this week. I think next week will probably be another conversation between myself and Paul, but hopefully not too long after that, we'll start to get guests in. You may hear the much discussed Roman. Um, oh, yes, the Frenchman. <laughs> I'm looking forward we to bringing in the crazy Frenchman. <laughs> hopefully hopefully and you'll hear a lot more paul's accents as as time goes on <laughs> i got so, a good australian i'll save that for next week <laughs> yeah. so there's there's something worth tuning back in for <laughs> okay cheers guys thank you very much for tuning in this week and we'll see you next time and i bruce <laughs>